0: So much to do this week. What? I know. Joe's sad. Joe's sad? Joe's sad. Joe, die? Not yet. He's got a podcast to record. Um, Yes! Soon! (laughs) Hello and welcome to another installment of the Filmy Me In podcast. Today, we will be... <coughs> sorry, I think I think what we really need right now is a doctor. To oh be my more god, precise, he
1: did it! He did the joke! To be more I precise... I am so excited, my computer moved. <laughs> to be oh more precise,
0: god. Doctor Who. Yes, today we'll be focusing on Doctor Who, the longest running science fiction television show and one of the best TV shows, in my opinion, in all yeah. of time and space. As the show has just reached its 60th anniversary, we Virgin. thought it would be a perfect opportunity <laughs> to finally talk about the show on the podcast, even though this is a film podcast. But who's going to be joining me today? Well, I'll introduce them now. Today, I am joined by a lovely people. person. Xander, hello. Hello.
1: Yes, I- I'm-, I'm happy to be here. I I've- I've Oh, I didn't ask if you were I've happy tra- to
0: be here. I was just introducing you.
1: Oh, uh, I've-, I've traveled over in my TARDIS. I've come through the time vortex. I've landed. And, I, and to be honest, I was an hour early. So I think I need to recalibrate the oh, controls. Oh, yeah. I did actually
0: see you waiting in the call. That was quite funny. And I was like, Yeah, no, you know, we are starting we're... in an hour and a half. Yeah,
1: because I, I said any time after five. So I just. But then C1 we were said any time after half six. You yes, said I fucking didn't read that, did I, Joe? You did. So anyway, I was here at five speaking o'clock. speaking of. Like, where, where's everyone else at five o'clock? And then i looked anyway, and was like, "Oh, anyway, six, anyway,
0: anyway. Speaking of. C1. Hello. Hello.
2: Xander doesn't read my messages, apparently.
0: Of,
1: of course I do, Siwan. I'm just incredibly self-absorbed. I'm really sorry. This is true. Okay. This is
0: true. I'm speaking, speaking this of is the Xander podcast. Speaking of absorbed, oh yeah, hi, I'm me, I'm Joe. I'm I'm hosting this week. Hello. Oh, um, I, I meant because of the absorber laugh because yeah, of Doctor Who. Oh. I was
2: getting that too, Joe.
0: <laughs> I wasn't getting that. But hello, my name's Joe, in case you didn't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <he laughs> right! He's I'm a, a poet, poet I didn't anything, even know, you know it. it. Poetry oh, under
0: pressure. Um Best Host Award. Thank you so much. Before Ghost we get any anger. of that nerdy Doctor Who stuff, um, have either of you got a moan?
1: I'm I'm busting to moan. Uh, because last week we we talked about the Marvels, and a part of that discussion was about the the box office failure that it had in its opening weekend. And I th- I find this stuff super interesting to talk about. Uh, I know not everyone does, but I do, and it and that's very like, really boring. I, see, that's it, that's it. Some people <laughs> do find it, but I really like it. Um, and one thing we were talking about is how it was how it's such a bad opening weekend. And we, we talked about why, the strikes, all these other reasons. Go check out the episode. It actually was really good. Um, and one of the things we said is that after the strike ended, it was the day that the movie came out. Brie Larson went on a talk show and Siwan mentioned that her Google search had gone up like 100%. So, okay, maybe then the audience will show up this weekend. It had a disastrous second weekend. Uh, it dropped oh, nearly no. 80%. And it has become the biggest second weekend drop-off of any comic book movie. Beating out Morbius and The Flash, which were already the beast ones. <laughs> the biggest ones on that list. So this is disastrous for Marvel. But that's a different thing. The thing I want to talk about and moan about is the fact that when the Marvels came out last week, in America they have Thursday night previews. And that's a good indication of how big a movie's going to be depending on how much money it makes so the marvel's made um hang on i've got it here it was 6.6 million in its thursday night previews which isn't great the um, the, when the flash came out that made over 9 million still not good but for a marvel movie 6.6 ain't good at all um and all the headlines were saying this is looking to be disastrous for marvel then this past weekend the Hunger Games ballad of songbirds and snakes came out, and this is a mo- this is a, a movie that's come from a franchise that has been dead for eight years, not heard a single thing out of it for eight years. It has because it ended eight years ago.
2: Okay, if that's what you mean by dead, yeah
1: yeah it's dead because it's over it ended there was a definitive end for this franchise they brought a prequel out with not much fanfare i, I didn't see much hype around it i'll be honest really? um and that thursday night preview was 5.8 million and there was no mention about this being a big flop or anything like that because it's for a normal movie it's a decent number and i've seen people online on Twitter going crazy about the fact that the previous headlines about the Marvels doing so poorly is sexist and racist and abusive towards the fans and all this because they're saying how the Marvels is a flop and how Hunger Games isn't. And my moan is the fact that the Marvels is a flop and the Hunger Games isn't as much of a flop because people aren't taking context into this. One, it's a Marvel movie. They're expected to make a lot more money than this. Two, it's a sequel to a movie that just four years ago made $1.3 billion. It's supposed to do better than this. Three, the Marvels cost $270 million to make. It's supposed to make more money than this. Whereas the Hunger Games, that just cost $100 million. It's obviously still a lot of money, but it's a much more tepid budget. It's budgeted well and so in its opening weekend around the world it made just over $100 million and so it's already made its production budget back, it's still got money to make back on its marketing, it's still not going to be a huge hit, but it's going to be a much bigger hit in terms of money making than the Marvels is so that's why those headlines say that the Marvels is a bigger bomb it's because it is a bigger bomb just because it's made more money doesn't make it less of a bomb
0: I I feel like Oppenheimer was a bigger bomb
1: oh 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 that was good that was good i
0: can't even be mad that was good <laughs> that was really good <laughs> thank you c1 do you have a moan
2: yes it actually comes wait
1: did no one have anything to say about my moan did oh they, i was
0: know. just i was just <laughs> nodding and it taking it in. i guess can't do anything i guess about those it. those are the facts so there's no change in it So, <laughs> c1 what was your moan
2: <laughs> mine's actually coming off of um zander talking about the hunger games because it's also about the hunger games because I went to go see it um, Friday, first day, because I am a very big fan of the franchise. I have been ever since the first film came out when I was 10. So I was like, yes, I'm going to see this film. And I did. And I absolutely adored it. It's brilliant. I think it's up there with Catching Fire. And if anybody knows, Catching Fire is the best of the, franchi- of, of the franchise. So then this one, I think personally, is up there with that one. My, my moan is that... Um, I might be slightly in love with Coriolanus Snow. And um, if you know anything about President Snow, you think you, you should know that that is very wrong. I can't help it. I just can't he's, help it. Can I just say what C1 brilliant.
0: sent to me? She said, he's evil, but I can fix him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, because I, I, I said that... I said the exact same thing about Stormfront from The Boys, so I totally get it. <laughs> she's I a- totally get it. She's a, she's a literal Matsy, and I, I said to my friends, I could fix her.
2: Like totally It's it. probably to do with how Tom Blythe, in the film, absolutely great performance, genuinely amazing performance. God, the man's good looking, and that's not helping at all.
0: It's just a shame he plays... a. a what is he?
2: a dictator a dictator yeah Yeah. um so yeah that's i'm my 10 year old self would be very much ashamed of where i am today
1: (laughs) i I think i think he looks better with his blonde hair in the movie than he does in real life because he's got brown hair
2: yeah i don't like it the blonde curls my god
0: your moan is that you find evil people sexy that's the moan
2: yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's such a good moan you know such a, we can never top that moan that's the best moan I, I, of the year I, I will say we're
0: definitely not topping it with mine
1: Ooh, my OG. moan
0: is that fish fingers are too <laughs> fragile
1: i can't be arsed i can't i can't what is this podcast you so know i what, came I d- to this i d- i introduced the moan section to be like we could talk about anything we want give people an insight into our personalities i've come out with some box office stuff some movie news siwan said i want to fuck a dictator and joe saying my fish fingers i'd say that perfectly sums us up that is personality what is going on
0: (laughs) you've got numbers man horny girl fucking weird bloke i think that sums us up so, basically, I came to this and I was going to do a Doctor Who recommendation. Uh, Doctor Who moment, because, you know, Doctor Who episode. But I was eating my dinner before this, or tea to some people, and I had my fish finger on my fork and it just fell apart in half perfectly and fell onto my plate. I was like, these need to be more structurally strong
2: because
0: this ain't good enough. Like, you, I, I want to cut it up with a knife, not cut it up with my fork when I put it into it.
2: Wait, Joe. What? Did you have custard with it?
0: No, I didn't. But uh, there's a connection the point, there then? with Doctor Who. So there we go. Um, um, you need to cook them longer, my dude. I didn't cook them.
2: Well, cook them When you just eat
0: them frozen? No, I'm saying my mum cooked them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, oh my god, that's the most
1: ten-year-old thing I've ever heard. My fish fingers are too soggy, mum.
0: Who needs to be more structurally secure, mum? <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, quality Why control are you on fish fingers. Your own
1: fish fingers job? I was busy
0: planning for the podcast, man.
1: That's an excuse. Years old. Oh my it, is God. A,
0: it is an excuse if you want top quality content today.
2: <laughs> so there we go. Let's see how this goes. <laughs>
0: oh. I forgot that I was the host for a second. <laughs> i just sat there waiting for someone to talk i was like oh shit it's my turn
1: (laughs) oh christ
0: (laughs) sorry it's just the numbers the sex appeal and the fish fingers that have thrown it off (laughs) now that we've got those lovely varied moans out the way um how did you all how did all of you get into doctor who um
2: it was on tv when i was young and
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that it insightful was. report it was C1. it
2: was wait i need to take off a jump but i too hot
0: right horny girl yeah um, <laughs> hi how did you get into <laughs> doctor who
2: it was always that th- um you know it was always on on a saturday night um and it was like it was a must-see type thing it was a family tradition well not tradition but you know it's what you would watch on a saturday just and obviously when, Especially when David, because that's when I remember. I was three when Christopher Ecclestar- Eccleston started. start <laughs> Eccles- <laughs> When Christopher Eccleston started, and though I've got a pretty decent memory, I've not got a memory of being three. Right? So, obviously the memories of Doctor Who started with David, and it was one of those things that was on on Saturday and then you'd go to bed, because that's what you did when you were young. You went to bed at like eight. You do that every day. <laughs> no, at eight o'clock! Oh. So yeah, it was just something that was always on on the Saturday, you know, um, and it went on from David to Matt to Peter to Jody. Um, I don't know, it was just something that I liked. It was a weird sciencey dude in a box fighting aliens. What would you, what's not to like?
0: Very true, uh, Xander. Um, how did you get into it?
1: Well, I'm, I'm the oldest here. On the back <laughs> of the year,
2: grandpa
0: old man
1: literally by two years fuck yourself even yes. your microphone's wrinkly what my right my microphone is not wrinkly how dare you <laughs> you crossed the line that's, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's over that's over board mate <laughs> um yeah no um i got into this when so when it first started i was five years old Not obviously knew who i'm talking about not all the time <laughs> christ wasn't around <laughs> when JFK was still president. Fuck me. <laughs> so, um.
2: Neither was Doctor Who.
1: Neither was Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I got into it through my family watching it. The first ever episode I watched, I sat down and watched The Unquiet Dead, which was the third episode of New Who.
0: That must um, have terrified you. Oh, yeah.
1: It freaked me the hell out. <laughs> but With I still girls. went back every single week. Um, and I remember. I don't remember watching many of the episodes when they were airing after that, but I do remember watching the season finale, the parting of the ways and just like becoming obsessed. And so then every Christmas we, we have big family Christmases every Christmas. We'd organize the day around when Dr. Who was on because Xander had to watch Dr. Who on Christmas day. Um, and Every whenever the the Saturdays rolled around that Doctor Who was on, that was that was Xander's time. I remember um, so many seminal moments in my childhood. Like I remember um, when when Mickey left, um, my grandma would call me after every episode and be like, "What do you think, Xander?" Because I was only like six or seven. Um, and when Mickey left at the end of the Cyberman two parter, I I started talking to it and I just started crying. And Mum was like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "Mickey's gone." Aww. And then don't get me started on when Rose died. Christ alive! I just I couldn't I couldn't like, I, my, my, I I played out with some friends on my street and I said, "Oh yeah, I'll come out when Doctor Who finishes." Doctor Who finished, they come knocking. I said, "I can't come out." <laughs> <laughs> um, I became obsessed with it. Completely encapsulated my childhood. Doctor Who and Ben Ten were. My time. Lord and Savior. Uh, as a child, I grew up with everything—Doctor mm. Who cards. I had all the DVDs. As soon I had, I didn't have the box sets. I would get the individual volumes, and I I had all of them through Eccleston, through Tenon and up until Matt Smith. And then I remember, like, sort of growing up through Matt Smith. I loved Matt Smith's first season, and then. I think towards the end of his season, I just started to grow out of it a bit. And so then when Clara came into it and Amy and Rory left, I remember thinking, well, this feels like a good jumping off point. When Amy and Rory left, I was like, okay, this feels like it. I started skipping some episodes. I'd still catch up on stuff. 50th happened, I watched that. And then, sorry, I'm going through my entire oral history of Doctor Who. I'm really sorry, but this has happened now. Uh, Joe was worried this episode might be short. Um, So... And then Matt Smith left. I remember watching that and Capaldi coming in. I watched a couple of episodes of Capaldi and sort of switched off. But I'd always sort of catch up. You know what I mean? So I wasn't watching it week to week, but then towards the end of the season, I'd be like, oh, I should probably catch up and watch these. Um, and then I remember watching, I'd, I'd missed a few episodes, and then I watched um, the last one with Peter Capaldi. Um, the, you know, the, the Christmas one.
0: That's awful. And
1: I just remember thinking, this is so bad. <laughs> and then Jodie Whittaker came in. I was like, okay, this this is a fresh start. I'll I'll hop back in. Um. And then I didn't I didn't like it, and so I didn't really go back. I then like I I then uh, found some YouTube videos that were saying about you know how underrated Capaldi was. So I went back and watched all of Who again, like in twenty. 19 i think it was 2018 2019 I went back and watched all of new who and I fell in love again absolutely fell in love again especially with Capaldi I thought he was so underrated um and then some new stuff about Jodie Whittaker was coming out so I started watching that I got back into it and then and then I met Joe <laughs> and yeah I, hello you know Joe helped me rediscover my true love of doctor who and so now we're it's because I just force it da- up, so. into every
0: conversation. Basically. You know
1: what? No, it's n- it's not even that. It's just like, you- you're so passionate. And I remember being that passionate when I was, and this is going to sound like a dig, but I promise it's not. When I was like 10 years old, <laughs> during Matt Smith's first season, I was that passionate about Doctor mm. Who. Like, I loved it. I-, I used to watch the old stuff as well. I've only seen like, I've not seen all of the old stuff, but I've seen like quite a few episodes. And it's because I was so obsessed with it that you know we'd track down old DVDs and old videos of them. So I'd be watching them all these old episodes, and I just I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, so yeah, you might say I'm a fan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just a bit. I got into it again through family. Um, it was sort of my brother's show first. He started watching it in two thousand five when it came back. Um, and I think I watched like tiny scenes of it. I remember coming back from the shop and there was the scene from the dungeon in The Unquiet Dead that was on TV. And I saw that. Uh, but what I watched a lot, was well, my first exposure to it was volume one of series one, um, mm. which is oddly signed by David Tennant, which there's I've got the, right here. There's
1: the DVD I've got.
0: Um, so I'd like, I don't know if I'd steal it from my brother, but he'd bring it down. I'd be like, oh, you're watching Doctor Who. Can I, can I watch it with you? Uh, so we'd watch Rose, Unquiet Dead, uh, End of the World. I know I did that in wrong order. Um, and then I'd watch little bits. Christmas specials, we'd always watch. You know, we'd watch the episodes every week because uh, it was a family tradition. You know, we'd we'd work a dinner around it. They'd be like, okay, Doctor Who's on at half six. We'll have dinner at five. So there's time to wash up and everything so we can all sit down and watch it. Yeah, um, And I'd watch little bits and... Like, even, it, even though I didn't watch full episodes, because I was either too terrified or didn't quite understand it, I still got, like, the magazines and stuff, because I liked learning about Doctor Who, even though I wasn't fully immersed in the world of it yet. Um, and I have... I have, like, like memories of, like, Davros coming on screen in Stolen Earth and me going to the stairs next door to just hear the episode because I was too scared to look at Davros. Um... And I remember also the Titanic episode watching that because my, my, my brother was so excited for that. And then seeing the bee, uh, the big wasp, in the Next Time trailer. And I remember the the Wars of Mars. I watched it, but my eyes were fully closed. So I listened to it like an audiobook. It was it was weird. I did that sometimes. End of Time came along and... Uh, the skeletal master scared me. So I watched bits of it, but not those bits. Um, saw him regenerate, saw a trailer for series five with Matt Smith, saw all the promotional stuff, got all the magazines, the toys. And I was like, okay, I'm going to properly sit down and watch this. Sat down on, well, I don't know when it was, I think it was end of March, 2010. And that was when I fully got into it. Series five, Matt Smith's first series length hour, watched it each week. My brother sort of fell out of love with it, but I, stayed loving it, so we kept on watching it as a family tradition, even if he didn't continue to watch it. Um and the rest is history. I watched it each week. I've got all the all the toys, the DVDs. I've rewatched it so many times. Uh got the figures. Um I've watched some of the classic stuff, but not a lot of it, because quite frankly I find it quite boring. Uh <laughs> and <laughs> that, when I do watch... that
1: was that was genuinely the funniest thing. We, like uh, Joe's being Doctor Joe, Who fan. Me and Joe a few months ago. They, this hasn't come out, and, I, and it's been so long that I doubt it is. But um it was about. No, like I, I six, had it seven seven on my checklist ago. of
0: things to do, and then I I actually crossed it off as as if like I'm not doing this. <laughs> so that's never seen um, the light of day.
1: We um uh, we did a watch along, and we we tried to watch the first episode with the Daleks. It was so um, boring from the 60s we got one part into it and we were like we can't do this we, there's nothing to talk about it's dull it's boring I'm not doing this so we watched Love and Monsters instead and it was oh the better God.
0: episode it
1: was so good it was so Love Monsters good Love is
0: generally so good but um no it's not no it is but like no
1: it's not
0: you know I can understand from like although I've always watched Doctor Who I can understand there are weaker bits to it like Capaldi's last story as you mentioned Xander is shit even though when it came out i was defending it like i don't want this to be bad it's capaldi's final story i'm gonna say that i understood there were you know weird stuff with it but i liked it but you know um but yeah i've been watching it for 13 years consistently now and i have no intention of stopping anytime soon <laughs>
1: Whoop whoop. what what
0: um yeah so that's uh <laughs> That's how we that, got into that Doctor was meant, Who. That,
1: that was meant to be our five-minute intro to
0: Doctor Who. That was, and then Zana spoke for about a billion years.
1: I'm so sorry. You, you, <laughs> no, no, it, as was you want, it was lovely. Cut, cut, it was lovely. Cut as much as you of, of, of that out
0: as you want. It's up to it you. was lovely. Um, so Doctor Who is, of course, a TV show, but it has had some involvement in the film industry. This is through yes. films like Doctor Who and the Daleks, which starred Peter Cushing as the Doctor in 1965, and was followed by a sequel in 1966 called Dalek Invasion of 2150 AD, which featured Peter Cushion again, but with a companion played by Bernard Cribbins. Bernard Cribbins! Bernard Cribbins, which well. is really cool. He plays his police officer, and he, he fights the Daleks. It's great. The next movie to be released was the TV movie in 1996, which featured the Eighth Doctor, as played by Paul McGann, and was released during the period in which classic Doctor Who was cancelled, and you know they weren't sure what was happening with Doctor Who. Since then, there have been many attempts to make a Doctor Who movie, some by film directors and a weird canine movie, which never happened, but nothing's (laughs) come of it. So today, we're going to be pitching our very own Doctor Who movies, featuring any actor, character, monster, and setting and story that we want. Um, We're genuinely going to go mad with this. I don't know... I know bits... Actually, no, I don't know what you're going with, C1, and I don't know what you're going with, Xander, so this is going to be a genuine surprise for all of us, what we come out with, so... Who wants to start? <laughs> I think Xander should go first as the, uh, the, the ex host of the Film Me In podcast. The ex, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, depending on how this episode does in the uh, in the charts, Joe. Yeah, if this like, does really well, I'm the new host. Yeah. And you're editing every week as well. That's crazy. Come oh down. no, I'm leaving the <laughs> podcast. Bye, guys. I had a few ideas had a few. for what to do. Um, I no, I, yeah, I had a few because like, basic concepts. I mean, okay, in terms of like what i could do so i like the idea of um of having something you know where it's maybe an origin not an origin story but like the first adventure we see maybe it's something like that and just rewrite it completely um or maybe do something like i quite like the idea of having someone be cast as doctor who in real life and then some sort of you know spacey wastey stuff and the doctor appears it's meant to be that the doctor is a fictional character and then he they appear there. And so they have go on an adventure and trying to sort this out. And he, they learn about, I think that's quite a fun idea. Go on, Joe.
0: I, I wrote a story like that once and it was um, the doctor goes to his place and it's a TV studio called Slipstream TV. And it's the yeah. Slovene that have recreated the doctor's skin to create their own Doctor Who adventures for their TV channel to make billions off of his character. What
1: the hell? Oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> I like that. And the Slothin are dope, man.
0: No, I love Slothin. Um,
1: but the one I settled on was um, the, the the basic idea of uh, the Doctor wants a holiday.
0: <laughs> I love <laughs> those stories. Holiday. I love he he those wants, stories. He wants
1: a holiday. Um, so I'm going to kind of do a play-by-play. Play. I haven't got much written down, but I've got it up here and I know what I want to happen in certain moments.
0: Okay. Okay. Um,
1: I do have a cast okay so do you want to um, get
0: do you want to get to the cast as you we meet the characters in the story yes. so it's like a surprise that's what i'm gonna that's what yeah. i'm
1: gonna do um there, there are some characters here that i have i don't know when to introduce or, or how but <laughs> just randomly happen. drop
0: them in like bam
1: exactly exactly um Cup so on. it we open up <laughs> and we have the doctor on a classic adventure played by brian cox the scientist. <laughs> no, the elderly man. Logan oh. Roy. Logan Roy. thought <laughs> you meant? Space is really <laughs> really big. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he's from Oldham. Big up, bro. Let's go. Um, yeah, so I've got I've got Brian Cox as the Doctor, um, and he is um, on a classic adventure. He's inside a Dalek spaceship, and he's been captured, um, and he's with his companion, who is played by. A.O. Edabiri. Oh, great. Who we've seen in The Bear. Um, She's recently been in Bottoms and she's in theatre camp this year as well. She had a great year. Um, But she's a really great comedic actress and I think she could bring something to the companion role, that classic companion role of like asking some silly questions and sort of getting the vibe and having some fun with the Doctor. And I think that relationship could be quite cool Um, between like the older version of, of Brian Cox. So he's quite a... You know, he's a bit Brian Cox. He's, he's sort of got that whimsy about him, but he's old mm. and he's a little bit grouchy. And I, I feel like there's a couple of variations of the Doctor we've had over the years. It's mainly two archetypes. It's either young and fun and, you know, charming, or it's slightly older and a bit grouchy. But they're both, they're both really, they're both like the same kind of take. We get them over the years. If you look back and you you'll see them, like, you can split nearly every single doctor into one of those two categories which is real fun anyway um so they they open up and they've been captured by the daleks right and and um the companion is uh, saying like oh wh- wh- what 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 we going to do to get out of this and and the doctor's explaining he's like well i've i've told you before like what what's going on do you not listen to me like i I swear I've had to explain this so many times, like and he just he, the doctor can't help but feel like he's been here before. Like he's just he's just a bit bit tired. You know, he needs needs a bit of a rest. Hmm. Um so the Daleks come in and they they start to explain their master plan. And the doctor's like What what are you talking about? <laughs> you, you've tried this before. And you did <laughs> it didn't work then. Now you're gonna do it now. But I've already beaten it once, so I know how to beat. Do you guys not come up with new ideas? What, really? This is obviously this isn't verbatim dialogue. The script <laughs> hasn't been written.
0: Do, but, so basically, they start monologuing. They they, they start, start monologuing. monologuing. <laughs> you sly dog. <laughs> you got me monologuing.
1: <laughs> um. Any you know whips out his sonic screwdriver. He. Beats everything in a, in an instant, and he and it, the the day is saved, and he's like, "This felt really easy." Like, is it just me? And Aoi Debiri is like, "No, Doctor, you've absolutely saved the day. I can't believe this. Like, you you're a hero. You've just saved the galaxy." He just kind of helped feel like you know th- this was too easy, not in a sense that you know there's a trap or anything. He's just like, maybe maybe this is you know this can't be my whole life. Anyway, so. So something goes awry, and he's shot with a laser. Haven't discovered the details of what it is, but he's dying in her arms. Oh no! And he's like, maybe that's why this felt so easy. Maybe I'm finally at rest. Maybe this is the end for me. Like I've I've saved the universe on so many occasions that this is the right time for me to die. Okay, this is great. Um, and so he he starts to die, and he and he dies. And we think for a moment, well, the doctor's just died. And then he starts to glow. And he wakes up and he's like, no, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so he start, and then he starts to regenerate. And Ayo De Beers is like, oh my God, what's going on? And he regenerates into George McKay. Ha ha, from 1917? From 1917. From 1917.
0: Okay. I see, I can see it.
1: I'm trying to go for a slightly, that. you know, not an A-lister but I think he'd be so good at this. So he comes out, he, he comes back, he's like, oh God, I'm I'm young again. Okay, that that's at least good, but I thought that was it. I thought I'd done my work. And Ayo Dabiri, of course, is like, what's going on, doctor? It, what, what just happened? He's like, yeah, it's me. It's me. And he's, of course, been through this with so many people before. And so he's just kind of tired of it. He's like, Listen, what you know? I've I'm the same person. I'm a different body. I've, I'm an alien. Get over it. Um, and she's like, okay, listen. So they he they go back to Earth, um, and they and he sort of settles in, and he you know he needs that time to recharge himself, doesn't he? And so he sort of sits with her for a bit, and he's like, listen, I I need to I need to recharge, but also like I I think this needs to end. And so they have like a a breakup moment. Where he's like, "And you know, th- this is it. This that was our last adventure. I'm really sorry, but I, I think I need to work on myself for a bit, because he's sort of losing <laughs> his mojo. And then he, you know, proceeds to ask them to, to stay at her place for a few weeks while his regeneration sort of kicks in and he feels a bit better. And she's like, um, no, <laughs> get the hell out. What are you told me, you're just gonna leave me here after all that. And he's like, well, what I've shown you the universe. Is that not enough? And he become he's quite arrogant about it. And so she kicks him out. And he goes back to the TARDIS and he starts to fly away. He's like, Okay, right. I I could go back to doing what I was doing and go and find a new companion, but really I just need this time for me. You know, I wanna finally take a vacation. I wanna I wanna spend this regeneration for me. This is my regeneration. It's all about me. I need some me time. And so he goes off to a planet. And he, you know, start, He's like this beach planet, and he's having a wonderful time. Um, and he meets this um, this activist on this planet. Bump just bumps into him on the on the sand, and he doesn't come across as the Doctor. He he just looks like a normal dude, so no no one has recognised him or anything like that. Um, and this guy is played by, Ki Hui Quan.
0: Hi. <laughs>
1: um, and he's an activist. And he's saying, "Listen, um, I, I was hoping you could sign this petition." He's like, "Well, what petition?" He's like, "Well, this is a, um, it's a petition against these monoliths that people have been putting up." It's like, "What monoliths?" And so the the doctor the doctor looks up, and there's this big black square rectangle, even big black block that's just in the middle of the beach, and he's not noticed it. It's so, like, yeah, no, that happens. Some people just don't notice them. But then once you see them, you can't unsee them. Why is that there? And he's like, that's really bizarre. I should probably investigate. And he gets up and he goes through his sonic screwdriver. He's like, no, what am I talking about? I'm on holiday. And he pushes the guy's uh, thing back in his face. He's like, no, th- I'm I'm good, thanks. I don't don't know what you're talking about. And he thinks okay i need to get away from this they, they, you know is they, just teasing me i need to go so he goes to a different planet goes for a different kind of holiday joe has a question
0: no i think i've just realized what this this movie is and i i like the monolith has reminded me of something so keep going okay. and I'll, I'll tell you later
1: so he, he goes to a different planet different kind of vacation he goes to like a mountain range um this entire planet this whole mountain range So he goes hiking and he's like, wow, this is an incredible view, and he doesn't cheat. He leaves the TARDIS at the bottom, um, and then appears the um, the activist again. And he's like, oh, hang on, what? How are you here? And he's saying, no, I'm, I'm just here to, you know. You, have you not seen the monolith? I'm, I'm here to protect against the monoliths that keep appearing. You, we met a few days ago. Do you not remember this? He's like. Yeah, I do, but I just flew halfway across the galaxy to get away from that monolith. Where, where is the monolith? Here, there is no monolith. And he and he points it out, and it's there. It's on the mountain, right in front of him. How is this, how is this there? And He's like, okay, maybe I should investigate this. So he so he scans it with his sonic screwdriver, and this activist is like, hang on, what 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 is this that you're doing? What 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 is this thing? you've Oh, it's a sonic screwdriver. And so he starts to, you know, interact with this guy as he would a companion. And so we get our new companion for this doctor. Oh. Um, and he says, Okay, I need to I need to check something. So he runs back into the TARDIS and leaves the door open and Key sort of steps in and has that moment. Oh my it's bigger on the inside He's like Yeah, it is. And he sort of feels better about it. He's like, yeah, that, I miss this feeling, you know. Yeah, it is big on the inside. You know, a little creature comforts that he enjoys, and we've seen that from the Doctor as well before. He, we know that he likes those moments when people point out the same things, and he goes around the box, does the whole, does the whole shebang. Anyway, they go in, and he's like, okay, where where was one of these other monoliths? And he says, okay, it was um, it was in this jungle planet. So they go to this this jungle. And there's a monolith, and there's a there's a group of people walking through, and there's a little girl there with a teddy. And she's sort of at the back of the group with her mum, and her mum sort of wanders away, and this little girl stops in front of the monolith and looks up at it. And the doctor's like, she can see it. Why can why can she see? It? No one no one else can see it. He's, yeah, no, it's a really weird phenomenon. These keep popping up all over the galaxy, and no one is noticing them. And there's an earthquake. And this monolith starts to fall. And this little girl's right in front of it. And the doctor's like, oh my god, run! So he, he runs over, he grabs her and saves her before it falls. And sh- and sh- and she's like, oh my god, thank you. Thank you so much. And the uh, and the mum runs over he's like, oh, you've saved my baby, thank you so much. I, I don't know what to say. You're like, what, what was this thing even doing here? And so they're all starting to know, now they've seen it, they notice it. And... And for that feeling he get, got from saving that one person, he's like, oh, that's that's so amazing. That's an amazing feeling that I've missed. And he's starting to re, re-engage with these feelings that he's sort of drawn away from in his last regeneration and towards the end of it. Um, and so they, um, they carry on looking for these uh, monoliths. Anyway, the Doctor tracks down where these monoliths are. This is where things get a little bit sketchy, I'll be completely honest with you. But this is where I want, what how that, that was kind of how much I had I in my head. I am so
0: invested so far.
1: Thank you. I I, I hope so. So, he gets, he, he gets to this location where he, he realises these are from. And, um, other things happen. I'm not sure what yet, <laughs> but, but, trust me. So, at one point as well, Ayo a um, we, we come back to her, and there's a there's a monolith. We sort of see fragments from around the galaxy. It's like, these things are all over the place, and people aren't noticing. And we find out that there's one in Ayo Edibiri's house. Jesus. And it's just, like, in the corner, and she has no idea. And he's like, well, we need to do something about this. Because uh, these, these things are like... They're bombs. Fuck it. They're bombs. They're going to blow up. They're going to blow a hole in the universe. That's what they are. And Kihei kwan is like, oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. They are bombs. It's like, yeah, I know. I know I'm right. <laughs> it's like, no, but I knew that already. Why did Why did I know that? It's like, I don't know. You, I mean, you've been watching them for a while. Did you not pick up anything before? He's like, oh, no, I knew it because I created them. And the doctor's like, no, what, why would you create them and then create be an activist against them he said oh I guess it was just a really good disguise you know draw draw attention scare people to then <laughs> finally take all hope away from them thought, oh right so who are you? he said well you know I'm I'm the activist I'm He's
2: gonna I'm do the it. mountain
1: I'm the mountain climber but what I really like to be called he's is... He's going to
2: do it! He's going to do it!
1: The Master.
2: Oh, I did it!
1: <laughs> oh!
2: No way!
1: <laughs> and so the Doctor sets back. He's like, no, I'd, I'd be able to, to sense you. I'd be able to do that. There's no way this is you. And he said, oh no, trust me, it is. And he lets out this burst of regeneration energy. His, and he transforms himself into this into this different person. So, Ki-Hui Kwan's role in the movie now, unfortunately, no, is... No, he point. would have been a great master. Um, but then we are introduced to to the master for the remainder of the movie. And it's played by Sir Ian McKellen. Oh,
0: oh that's good catch. He'd
2: be long. great.
1: Who says, it's been me. And he's like, no, because um, Ian McKellen and Brian Cox were mortal enemies. That Brian Cox and Ian McKellen were like mass, were like Johnson and Tennant. <laughs> and so then seeing him like this, and so he, he disguised himself as Ki Kwan to get the doctor back. He's like, I'll be honest, mate, I missed you. You've been off. Like, what fun is there in the universe if you're not here? You can't go on holiday. This is this is our life. We're stuck in this battle forever. You think you can go on holiday? No. And it had to be something huge to really get you back in. And so, here we are. And the Doctor now has to figure out a way to stop all these monoliths going off. And he first of all, he knows he needs to do right by Ayo So his first stop in the TARDIS is going back to her place. And he busts in and he says, Listen... I need you. I'm so sorry. Uh, but the first thing I need is for you to get out of this house. And so the, and so he, he he gets her out. He gets her back into the TARDIS. The house blows up. Because we've got a big budget. The house blows up. <laughs> it's a miniature as well. we got big money, boys. Uh,
0: yes.
2: Let's go.
1: And so then he says, okay, we're going to need some help for this. Because there's too many of these out there. And so the doctor calls upon a bunch of favours. And brings in loads of aliens that he's had in past adventures. Cameos from the TV show because this is a movie, and we gotta make Spider-Man No Way Home, money. <laughs> and so we get we get like some rogue Daleks that have helped him in the past. We get some some Cybermen in, and we're like to save the universe, and, and to for me to continue fighting you in the future, you've got to save the universe to rule it. So come and help me, my brothers. And so we get this moment um where all these all these things come in, and we we see moments where like all these Cybermen are, are stomping into a to a house and stop and blowing up a monolith before it ex- fully explodes and like does a tiny thing. Anyway, they win in the end. The third act's a mess, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, Jesus they win in Christ. the Jesus <laughs> Christ! Um,
1: but in but in the end, the um the the Doctor is like to so the the whole movie ends. Um, Ian McKellen is is blown up into time. So it becomes time or something. I don't know. It's a whole thing. <laughs> but then but then the main ending that I like the idea of is that um George McKay and Eo Beery are, you know, back together and, and he says, Do you wanna go on one last adventure? He said, He's like, just one he said one, a hundred What does that matter? Aww. And so they go Aww. fly off into the TARDIS together as best buds and that there you go
0: oh
2: jesus christ i
1: love that. so that uh, i'll be honest it's half-baked it's totally half-baked but I, I i like the idea of the doctor trying to step away and realizing no i need to step up <laughs> and, Xander, and you... I, the universe needs me
0: Xander. it's not half-baked you've literally created a whole universe <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I when don't. I when I paused you, what I thought was uh, Monolith. He's gonna to go to different planets on his holidays and find different bits from sci-fi movies. So the Monolith from two thousand one, a Space Odyssey. so oh. I thought that was where you were going. But like even that's that a, is that's cool. A,
1: that's a better idea. The villain could have
0: been me. <laughs> could have been this <laughs> nerd in the galaxy that yeah. was like putting these little references for the Doctor. Who who would who would direct it? I, I haven't like I, had, I put this out there. Yes. But who would direct yours?
1: For direction. I want Tom King who has made the Paddington films. Oh. I want oh. that I want that air of whimsy. I want the fun, but I feel like giving him a bigger budget and letting him do more I know he's just doing Wonka now and that's more whimsy and it's a bigger budget and that looks like a lot of fun. And I think with a sci fi twist, I think he could be a really cool choice for this. Because he gets he gets heartwarming performances from people and it gets you to care about characters and i think that's the main thing here you want to you want to understand everyone's roles here
0: absolutely uh who did the music for it
2: wait do we need to know this No,
0: i'm just throwing this out there like
1: um, uh, I, i'll be honest i don't know enough conductors to just rattle this <laughs> off so i Fuck
0: it, we got Bonovin, Gia- Giacchino, Giacchino. Why he be a good fit. Yeah, he be a
2: good fit. <laughs> oh, I know, I know who I'd want. Never mind, I know. Who I know who I
0: I'd want. want.
2: Oh, I think. Imagine if we've got the same. I
0: swear, if we got the same, I think we might, but we'll see.
2: Right. Um. So mine is not nearly anywhere as thought out as Xander's. <laughs> Just so you oh, know. No. <laughs> oh no.
1: Oh um, no! But see, I wrote this an hour ago.
2: Um, <laughs> okay. See, I've got a vague idea, but I don't know See, what you can the... waffle. You can waffle. Yeah, okay. Make it part of the plan. Right. So. It's all
0: part of the plan. It's part of the
2: plan. <laughs> right. So it starts off with the Doctor just kind of waking up on the floor of the TARDIS. You know? He's alone. Uh, no, wait, not he. They're alone, and there's no companion because I can't be able to think of somebody to cast as a companion. And it, they're, no, they kind of. There's no point in the story that I've got. So they just wake up and they're not. They don't know where they are. There's just like, oh, I've woken up. What, what happened? Why? Why am I on the floor? So they go towards the door of the TARDIS and they open the door, and guess where they are? Oh wait, should I say who they are? <laughs> I should say.
0: Yeah, who's playing your doctor? I Is to it say. Tom hedleston
2: No. No, I was. I wanted for. I, I thought it'd be funny if I did, but I thought, nah, that's a bit self centered. <laughs> so. I'll no, no, because no, next... originally
0: I was going to play the Doctor in mine too. Oh, that's so cringe.
2: Exactly. So there you go. So I'm going to go for the next best thing, which is Bella Ramsey.
1: Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's crazy. A kid's got a big head. Shut the fuck up, Sadna. <laughs>
2: No, I was thinking about it today because I was like panicking, (laughs) thinking, okay, I can't do me. I don't know any other actor who, you know, because it's off vibes, you know? So I was like, okay, who's got the vibes? Yes, Sander.
1: Are you saying that you look like Bella Ramsey?
2: No, but everybody else does for some reason. But that's not why I cast them.
1: Right, okay. I
0: was thinking thinking that was why for a sec. No.
2: Yeah. I just wanted to do the joke of the next best thing after me is Bella Ramsey. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't hate this casting, I like it
0: Bella like Ramsey's a great yeah, actor they might be
2: a bit young because obviously they're 19 at the minute so like, give them a time maybe to get older than not 19 but I think they you know, they have the vibe I think it would be very good so I thought, okay, I'll go with Bella Ramsey so Bella Ramsey wakes up on the floor and they go to the door and they open the door and guess where they are
0: Spades! Gallifrey
2: no, Gallifrey! oh, what? <laughs>
0: Oh, they're but like, Gallifrey was blown up, Suan
2: I don't care. Um,
0: <laughs> That's the right answer.
2: Care. Um, so they open the door and they're like, right on the outskirts of the city. You know, they're just the city's there. They can basically go there. And they're just like, how am I on Gallifrey? You know, I mean, I was gonna say they're time locked, but you said they blew up. So like, okay, whatever. You know, they're just they're like, how am I on Gallifrey? It's time locked. Doesn't make sense. How am I here? So then they walk into the city. And everything seems to be, like, there are people there, but they're not moving. They're just paused. It's all paused in time. So they're not just time locked. It's literally paused. Time there's, freeze. Yeah, it's a moment in time. So they're, like, going up to everybody and it's like, you know, woohoo. Where is everybody trying to wake them up? Nothing happening. So they're, like, they're walking around places and they like, they're kind of just happy to be on Gallifrey for a second. Because you're just like, Oh. You know, haven't been here a while. It's nice. So they just go around a few places that mean stuff to them. I don't know. They go around a shop. They go around, you know.
0: There's a shop on Gallifrey.
2: I don't know. I'd assume there's a shop. I
0: never imagined there'd be like a Tesco.
2: (laughs) No, not a shop. I was thinking like a, you know, just a corner shop. Um, (laughs) Want some sweets. And they go to this derelict house. Which is their house. Ooh. (gasps) Oh. Yeah. That's he's cool. just walking about. They're just walking about trying to see. And then, you know, they go around and they think they see something move in the corner of their eye. And they're just like, you know, because obviously everything's frozen. So if you see something move, you're just like, <laughs> hold up. Um, So he's going down to follow. Uh, Can't see anything. And it's like, oh, maybe I just, you know, thought of it. Um, So they go back to just walking. And they see it again something in the corner of their eye and it's like okay no i definitely saw something this time i'm gonna go look and they go to the corner of this where they just saw the movement they look down a street and there's just someone standing there and it's a bit too far away to be able to tell who it is but it's definitely somebody there and that person walks away and they're just like okay so they go follow and that keeps happening for a few corners Until they reach right at the foot of the... Joe, you can help me here. What's the big round thing? The citadel. Sure, that. They're right at the foot of the citadel, and the person is standing there, and they're not moving this time. So they go up a bit closer, and it is revealed to be... the master! (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Um, who I've cast as the master is going along with my moan and my current obsession would be Tom Blythe. Now, you know, there is a scene in The Hunger Games where he plays, where he's, you know, it's just, it gives the vibes. Wait, wait, so I just like, sigh. I mean, <sighs> there you go. It gives the vibes, so I thought, okay, I will go for it. And then, so they, you know, they're not exactly angry to see the master they're just like what are you doing here what am i doing here and what's happening and the master's like oh i don't know i thought you'd answer that and they're just like no seriously what's going on it's like genuinely no clue i thought you'd be able to tell and so they both realize okay neither of them know what's happening how they're on gala and why everything is paused that's fun um so then the master's like we should go in to the citadel because they haven't been for a while, obviously. And the doctor's like, "No, no, no, we we can't." It was like, "Why not?" He's like, well, "We can't." It was like, yeah, "But why not?" I was like, "We can't really think of a reason why." So the master just walks in, and the doctor's like, "Oh, okay, I can't just let them go on their own, so follow them." And they're both just walking around the citadel for a while, bloody, bloody, blah. Um, and they get to like, um, I don't know. A specific bit, but it's a big hall, all right. And there's like this glowing thing in the centre. So they go up the to the thing. And I have no clue. <laughs> no
0: clue. <laughs> I think that's one it's- of the rooms.
1: You're such a nerd, Joe. Oh my God.
2: We're doing a Doctor hole.
0: Who podcast, Sandra. It's allowed. <laughs> it's just a
2: big hall with a glowing light in the middle. Um, and they're just like, "What is the glowing light?" Um, they don't know. The master just really wants to touch it, you know, <laughs> as you would. The doctor's like, no, just in case, don't. He does the sonic, um, gives it nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's as if the sonic would be doing on wood. On wood? Yes! Yeah. Okay. Nothing. It gives no reading. So he's just very confused. The doctor's very confused. Um, and then he turns it around and the master's gone. So, the doctor's kind of like, okay, do I stay with this light, or do I go find the master? And he's like, I should probably go find the master. And they go up to, like, the top bit. Well, they're taking a while to find him, but they eventually find him at the top bit. They look up, and what is happening in space is still the time war, But again, it's still paused.
0: That's cool.
2: So everything, you can just see, like, a bunch of ships and explosions happening in space, but... Nothing's happening. Um, Just so you know, I'm really waffling at this point.
0: (laughs) You're doing Um, doing wonderfully. You're doing great.
2: So the master's kind of just like, you know, still very confused as to why they're there, how they're there. But they're just kind of like, oh, what? You know, imagine what I could do with everything up there. And the doctor's like, no, (laughs) no, no. But, uh, you know, they're just talking about their childhood in, you know, on Gallifrey and what they went through in the, is it the Academy? The Academy. All that kind of jazz. They're just reminiscing for a while. It's like really nice moment, you know, the master's kind of a bit more human for a bit. Um, but then he goes back to being a bit, um, And he's like, um, going back to, you know, what's in space, what he could do with that, and thinking, you know, there's no need for Gallifrey to exist if it's just stuck in a time lock. And the Doctor's like, well, because, you know, it deserves to exist. You know, it's our home planet, why would you even consider it not being in existence? And he's like... You know, still just saying it's not fair, it shouldn't be there if it's just stuck during this time. If they're just stuck during a conflict, people are dying, what's the point? And they just kind of argue about that. And then the master kind of walks back towards the hall with the glowy light, and the doctor just follows, and they're still just arguing about that point. Um, And the master's like, okay, but what is this blue thing? And the doctor's like, you shouldn't touch it, Um, you know it, we don't know what it could do. And the master's like, exactly, why not touch it? Um, So then he's about to go touch it, and then Bella Ramsey does this really good tackle. (laughs) And they like, they start squabbling, fighting like, you know, two kids more or less. And he's like, you shouldn't touch this thing, stop touching it. And he's like, but I want to touch it. All that jazz. And eventually, the master gets the upper hand, runs away and goes to touch it. And he does. And then... Doosh. The doctor wakes up in the TARDIS again. Huh? Time loop! So, they go outside, and they're the exact same spot. It's as if nothing changed. They walk back into the Gallifrey, and everything's the same. And the master is right where they left them. Not right where they left them, right where they first saw them. Walking around. And they do this thing again, following each other up until the foot of the citadel. However, this time, the master's like, what are we doing here? And the doc- and the master basically doesn't remember what just happened, but the doctor does. So, they figure this out eventually after talking for a bit, thinking, you know, what happened after we touched the blue thing? And the master's like, what blue thing? And he's like, so basically, the doctor remembers, the master doesn't. But, they go into the citadel again, they find the blue thing again, they talk again, and it eventually goes to the master wanting to touch it again, and they do. And it starts again, and again, and again. So they're in a time lock, and they're also doing a time loop of basically the Doctor trying to figure out why they're there to begin with, but also trying to stop the Master from touching this blue thing that just puts them in a loop. So you basically have, you know, as you do with like Groundhog Day, they're trying to do things differently, but it's basically just the Doctor trying to figure out what the blue thing is and how they got there in the beginning. I I, I don't particularly know how they got there. Because I don't know how time lock works. It just did.
0: I don't think it is time locked. I think it's just at the end of the universe now.
2: This is when it was time locked.
0: Oh, okay. That's my excuse. We could say that the moment let let them through. Billy Piper from David O'Connor.
2: That's how I finished this film. Sure. I'll go with that. Cause <laughs> you, could, you, could,
1: you, you could just say that it's just because it's a movie and it doesn't have to abide by any law.
2: Boom. So it's basically Sorry. just that for like, you know, a good, ch- not a good chunk of it, but that's how it goes from, you know, it's just basically the doctor trying to figure out how to get out of it and why they're there to begin with, um, but also trying to stop the master from touching the blue thing. And eventually it's the doctor telling them we're in a time loop and the master's The blue like, thing? Yeah. He's telling him what it what he thinks he well, you know what they think it is at the end, because um, he's kind of deducted at some point. Oh, we're in a loop. It has to be the blue thing. So the master's like, okay. And then he starts to you know think, what can I do with this? In the grand scheme of things, but you know, whatever. He touches it again, and the next loop starts. But at this loop. The master seems a bit more out of it than usual. Um, He's, you know, talking, rambling a bit more. And they, again, get to where they're in the hall. And this time, the master reveals that he also remembered everything. He just kind of acted like he didn't to see what would happen. And the master has been doing his own little thing of trying to figure out what it is. And I'm making this up as I'm going along.
0: (laughs) What's the blue light?
2: That's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm rambling to the point of trying to figure it out. Basically. (gasps) Oh, okay. right. I don't even think this is possible. But let's go with it. Basically, the doc, the master thinks that he can harness the blue light, and basically the time lock stops. It's not locked anymore. It's that moment from that moment in time just carries on. So like, it's not, it's not in the loop anymore. I don't know. Okay.
0: So could the blue glow be like the physical? iterate like existence of the time lock so a time lock exists physically and that's it so if the master takes it the time lock stops yeah and then he can control that
2: yes sure
0: See that is is brilliant
2: oh really oh okay um so (laughs) the master does at some point harness it and then the doctor is kind of like okay i can't have the master have this But also, it's the master, I can't, I don't want to hurt him to do this, if you know what I mean. So, it comes to like the realisation, because this time obviously there isn't a loop anymore, so this one has to be it, and the doctor kind of decides that he has to stop the master, because the master can't have this power, and it's a very sad scene. But, you know, he does eventually somehow get the better of the Master. And it's a, you know, blah, blah, sad, sad thing um, that it seems like the Doctor defeats the Master. And now he hears birds outside. Is there birds on Gallifrey? Presuming
0: there would be, yeah.
2: Yeah. Here's a seagull going about. And he hears people talking. And finally, the time loop's done. Walks out, goes to the TARDIS, and fully leaves. Um, And the Doctor goes back to Earth. He does have a companion. They're just on Earth at the minute. So they go back to Earth, and, you know, he just goes up to the companion. Clearly very tired, exhausted, just needs a friend. And they just kind of, you know, have tea at Yaz's type thing. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes is your companion. Yes is the companion. Yeah. Yes um, is the time.
2: So that's how it seems. But then we get one last shot going into the TARDIS. And do you know Matt Smith had a screen?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. So
2: Bella Ramsey's doctor has a screen. And all you get on the screen is like a waveform. Or like a sound wave thing. And it gets douche, douche, douche four times oh. as the master hears the banging but it ends like that because the doctor doesn't see it so it's kind of like oh is he dead or is he not dead
0: that's Fuck cool me.
2: pink i made half of that up as we spoke
0: <laughs> couldn't I'm tell act- could not I'm tell act-
2: could you really yeah. not tell
0: <sighs> yes of course we could
2: um <laughs> who, who, who would
0: direct it or would you direct it
2: yeah me go with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who I would do your music,
0: the... and would it be Natalie Holt? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, it would. Damn you. But, um,
1: yeah. I, I like that relationship between the Doctor and the Master. I, I like it when they can be sort of
0: playful. Mm. So They're like still of what, like kids, aren't they?
2: That's what I kind yeah. of mainly wanted to go for, the, the, their relationship.
1: Um, how long would it be Seems like a weird question. Let's not at least four too hours.
2: <laughs> Cause do you know like how Groundhog Day does the loop just that once or twice too much? Yeah. It's it wouldn't do that. Right. You'd get the right, right amount of loops.
1: Sick. Come for it to
2: not right. be boring.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Joseph, it's your turn. Oh, is
0: it my go? Okay. Um so. My Doctor Oh
1: god, I'm, I already regret this
0: <laughs> No, 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 no Brace <coughs> yourself, darlings My Doctor Is played by Matt Berry
2: <laughs> Because he's got oh,
0: such Gravitas god. And grandeur And his voice Helps with that Of
2: course it's Matt Berry Davros like, You,
0: Dav- Dav Ross! Like, are you, you the lo- look like a twat sir. Are you the Doctor? Yes You could do that Um <laughs> So the oh doctor. No, we've
2: landed in New York City. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the evil Clem Fandango. Um, <laughs> so the doctor arrives back at the TARDIS after one of those classic adventures. And just as he's about to open the TARDIS door, he can't find the key. He's like, oh, how do I get in? Like, what? And he, he checks everywhere. He checks his pockets and all around him. He can't find it. And luckily, he sees it like a bit of a distance or, away from the TARDIS. He must have dropped it when he came out of the TARDIS earlier on. Um, and he panics. He's like, I almost lost that. I almost lost the, the key to my home. Uh, and I know in like, in Doctor Who, you, you can click your fingers. But my headcanon is that you can't do that unless you have the key on you. Because that, yeah, I, I think that'd be silly if it wasn't that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it's lucky that no one found the key and, and got in. So he's like, okay, I need more copies of the key. Otherwise, I could lose this and I'm never getting in again. So he decides to go to this, to this planet called Dupotent, um, <laughs> <laughs> One of the infamous planetary bazaars, markets in the universe. And it's teeming with um, various shop stalls and... And markets and other places everything and anything that you could think of it's there uh, and one of these shops is a key cutters uh, oh my god he, he goes to Timpson's copy- yes and there'll be a little puppet in the window
2: <laughs> um,
0: and here he can get more copies of the TARDIS key made just in case he loses one of them like uh, like he did at the beginning of the film now the doctor's been to this place before this key cutters and has met the shopkeeper numerous times so he trusts this guy there's just one issue. This planet is teeming with monsters and villains from the Doctor's past: Cybermen, Daleks, Slavines, Sontarans, Crinoids, Drashigs, who are just shopping. But if they were to learn of the Doctor's arrival on that planet, it could turn into a bloodbath. You know, there'd be bloodshed because they they despise him. You know, they they'll drop the shopping. They'll just want to kill him. <laughs> so it's like everything's so, so carb on the planet, like a Dalek's looking at some bras or something. And then they just see like the doctor's here. Okay. We need to kill him. Um, so the TARDIS lands in the smallest corner of an alleyway on Dupotent hidden away from the rest of the bazaar. So no one can detect that he's on the planet. Uh, he's as stealthy as possible as he heads to the key cutters. And when he gets there, he greets the shopkeeper. who's a lovely guy and an old friend. Um, He trusts him and leaves the guy to make a few copies of the TARDIS key. However, the man who greeted him isn't the man that he met in the past. It's actually the master in disguise. (laughs) For fuck's sake. We have all done the master. (laughs) But who's playing the master? It's none other than Ralph Fiennes. That's that's a good choice. That's a good choice. That's, that's a, good, a choice. good choice. So I like that A little bit of trivia about that. I was listening to Rusty Davis and David Tennant on the radio, and they were talking about actors who said they'd love to be on the show. Um, and one of them was Ralph Fiennes. So here he is. He's the master, and oh he'd have God. a he'd have a little goatee. Yes, um,
1: perfect, <laughs> perfect.
0: So the masters found out that the Doctor's heading to this planet, uh possibly with the intention of getting a new key. So he has hatched a plan. A master plan, if you will. And it's to create millions and millions of copies of the TARDIS key, and he's going to distribute them to every creature and monster on the planet. The the reasoning, he just wants to cause chaos. He wants every creature to have access to the Doctor's TARDIS. Um, Before the Doctor can even realise it's the master and stop him, it's too late. The master succeeds, the, the plan's done... Everyone on the planet, Daleks, Cybermen, Sidemen, um Monoptera, whatever, they now have real a copy creatures. of... They are. They now have a copy of the TARDIS key. If they ever got hold of the TARDIS, you know, they could go anywhere, do anything, change history, mess with the Doctor's past. The Doctor's home is no longer safe. The one place he felt safest anyone could get in. Um, so the film follows the Doctor as he, he has to race back to the TARDIS before they can get to it and he has to travel from place to place, constantly trying to avoid the creatures from this planet who are chasing him across the whole universe for the, the chance that they could enter the TARDIS and take control of it. He can't even like land on a planet for a single moment uh, without the chance of an alien waiting outside with a key that could just enter the TARDIS. Um, so the, the Doctor's plan in the movie is to to somehow change the TARDIS, lock, like, get a different key... Um, so that they can't enter it with the key they've got and to do this he needs to go to an ancient molten forge in deep space which was originally created by the time lords to create the original tardises um and the molten forge should be able to change the lock of the tardis and create a brand new key for him and make his home safe again from the evils of the universe but of course the master finds out about this that he's trying to stop it and is like i've, I've just caused chaos why are you trying to stop this don't do this so uh he doesn't like that he's trying to put an end to it, so he, he goes after him. And I haven't worked out the whole story, but with the Master hot on the trail and every evil that he's ever encountered hungry to get into the TARDIS, can the Doctor fight off the whole universe from breaking into the one place where he feels safest? And that's my film.
2: And the answer is no.
0: The answer is who knows?
2: Who? Who Who knows?
0: Who knows? Um that's fun that's fun
2: interesting i
0: was going to call it the key to time but that exists which is annoying
2: <laughs> oh
1: I, 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 anyway. my, my foot my initial reaction is like just go to Timpson's, mate get a lock change it's not well, this, was,
0: this was this is the equivalent of Timpson's, like <laughs> and also if you go to earth they're not gonna be able to cut a tardis key there's some in my mind there's something well, special about the tardis it's, koi it needs like a special it, alloy
1: of course yeah no that makes sense um uh, i'm curious how you guys didn't pick a companion
0: I originally did. She was called Claire, but as I was writing, I was like, "What is she gonna do in this film?"
1: What a companion does—ask questions.
0: She just get in the way, though. And I, 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 if I did have her in it, I was contemplating casting Saoirse Ronan. Is that how you say her name?
1: Oh, fire choice. She's That'd be cool. Good.
0: I think she would have been great. If there was a director, I've got two choices. Um, either Sam Raimi. I think he would embrace <laughs> the weirdness of Doctor Who. Okay. Like the, you could get some cool monster POV shots. I think that'd be great. Or, if I want this to be like a big movie where the CGI looks realistic and the action's like really well thought out. So, Gore Verbinski would be my, my second choice.
1: I th- I thought you might have said Guillermo del Toro.
0: That is also an amazing choice.
1: Because have you seen... I know it's kind of like the exact thing you're talking about. And, and it would just be because of this. I mean, for other reasons, he's a wonderful director. But have you seen Hellboy 2? The Golden
0: Army? I have not even seen Hellboy 1.
1: The, okay, so the second one, uh, there's a section of the movie where they go through this, this troll market. And it's filled to the brim with weird creatures. And they're all practical. And mm. they look fantastic. That's um, cool. And that feels like the exact vibe you're going for with this, which is really cool. And it's yeah. fun and cheeky. It's silly. I like that.
0: I was like, okay, I want I want lots of monsters in this, and I want this to be big. What is the one thing that will like really screw with the Doctor? You you enable everyone to get into the one place you feel safest. And I know they will be like, oh, you can, can just click his fingers. He doesn't need a key. That's stupid. Like it's like saying about the the eagles in Lord of the Rings. If that was, <laughs> you know, if they could just turn up from the start, that'd be boring.
2: I like to see a Dalek flick his fingers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, it had like a little arm attachment that would have the key on, Zzz. like gadget gadget, gadget from.
1: gadget, and that was exactly what I was thinking. Oh my god! Yeah.
0: And you'd have That's like fun, the ve- you have like the vest before as well, like this wasp with a little key <laughs> trying to, or an adipose <laughs> that couldn't quite reach it.
1: Aww. Um, Hang on, did I take the longest in going through mine?
0: Maybe. I'm 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 so
1: sorry. I've just waffled this entire episode.
0: (laughs) The the music would also be by Natalie Holt because her music for Loki is a perfect fit for Doctor Who. You know the I can't remember what the instrument's called, but it's when you use your hand to make the sound. Um, That's called an instrument, Joe. That thing. No, there's no. You don't like
2: specific instrument.
0: Yeah. Is it? Is it a conductor? No, I'm not talking waffle, (laughs) you prick. Like, there's like a, a stand and it's like electrical and you like wherever you move your hand it wow. makes a different noise. That sounds I know what like you a musical mean. instrument.
2: I know what oh. you mean, Joe.
0: See, this is why C1 is my favourite, Xander.
2: Fucking what? <laughs>
0: <So> yeah, that's... <laughs> I can't be fucking
1: arsed with this. I can't... I'm done! I'm fucking done with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck... <laughs> This? get the fuck out of here what the what the yeah! what are you fucking doing about your favourite your favourite what are you talking
0: about you got to clear all that up now Xander <laughs> yeah walk of shame that was a lot of fun I, li- I like those ideas you know we're it's a Doctor Who TV show we're putting a film spin on it to keep it in line with the the theme of the podcast um yeah and it's funny that we all went with the master that yeah. is funny that is um, weird. we should write doctor who <laughs> put us in the writer's I, I, room
1: i like this idea we've done this in the past of like have it just like sitting down and pitching something we've done blind pictures obviously but actually like taking time to uh to think of something before the episode and i think this is great fun yeah so because that, you could literally uh,
0: we, do anything with it
1: yeah, we, we might do this for something else again in the future. So, that, thank yeah. you, Joe. That was a, re- a really fun idea for an episode.
0: That's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you had a lot of fun with it. And I really enjoyed hearing your ideas. Siwan, um, fucking clap.
2: Clap for Alaska. Um, so, yeah,
0: that, that should do it. Um, but before we wrap up, I think you should sell me a movie or a TV show. Or a game, or a music, or a book. If you're a nerd, who wants to Yay. go first?
2: Mine's in line with everything I've said this <laughs> week. It's connecting with my moan, and it's sort of connecting with my idea, and that is actually just go and see the, the new Hunger Games film. <laughs> um, I was very, very much, you know, it's a very good film. I very much enjoyed it. Um, if you're just like, oh, why do I need a prequel? That's nothing to do with Katniss actually to do with snow It's actually a very good insight into his character you get to see the difference between Panem in you know during the 70s 74th Hunger Games and the 10th so you see how it grows and the evolution that happens but you also see you see snow change as a character and you see how he becomes such a twat um and it's you know it's conveyed perfectly in the film um and it's just you know it feels like watching a new hunger it is it feels like the old films and it's just you know nice to be in that world again so yeah if that's your thing Mm. or if it's not just go watch it anyway i
1: was um I, i nearly went to see it this weekend and then i remembered that it was two hours and 40 minutes and i was like I've not even, I've only ever seen the first one. Like, I'm going to be totally lost. So, I've, um. Zanda, after, this is set
0: before all of them.
2: Wait, no, yeah, to be fair, this I nothing... know,
1: but I don't want to watch the prequel before I've watched the originals, you know. So, I, about having listened to, uh, I saw Siwan's Letterboxd and she was raving about it. It's been all over my timeline how people are really liking this movie. So, I'm working my way through the Hunger Games movies and I will watch cool. that prequel next week.
2: Yay! Let me know what you think.
1: Um, I I I started talking, so I guess I'll go next. I guess um, so.
0: The host will go yeah, last. I,
1: yeah, that's what I always do. Yeah, that's Joe, what he always oh. does. yeah, I know. I was just saying. Oh, all oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've caught myself up on the newest season of Rick and Morty. I I I really like this show. I I remember first watching it when j- just after the first season aired. I was like, holy crap, this is great. This is like genuinely great. I think it got too popular for its own good. And so then, like, you know, they tried to do more big meme things and people have fallen off it. And I think it's now at the point where it's as popular as it should be, which is, like, fe- it, like people know it. Because it's a good show. And um, this season they've had to deal with a lot more than usual in that they've had to recast Justin Roiland because now he's been taken off, like, creatives. He's writing, acting, everything because of the uh, domestic abuse charges against him. Um and so they had to recast them and those are big shoes to fill because he does so many of the voices and uh, including the main two characters Rick and Morty um and i when the first when the season started i watched the first episode it was fun it had Hugh Jackman in it which was really bizarre but it was really fun and really silly and just exactly what i it's just like 20 minutes every week and i'm like i don't really need to think about this this is great fun and then i forgot <laughs> and It has apparently been four weeks and I had no idea. So I went back and watched the other four episodes that I've missed. And one of the episodes made me cry. Huh? I sat at my desk and I bawled my little eyes out at this episode. I'll tell you the basis of the episode. Oh, but I might
0: watch it. I might watch it.
1: Without, Without telling you what made me cry... I will tell you the idea for the episode. It starts off and Rick is feeding everyone spaghetti.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that way you cry.
1: <laughs> Rick is feeding everyone spaghetti and they're like, this is the best spaghetti we've ever had. And Morty follows him into the kitchen and finds out that he's um, feeding everyone spaghetti from a corpse. And so Rick has, Rick explains That this dead body is from a planet... Where if you kill yourself... Then your insides turn to spaghetti.
2: Huh?
1: And Morty realises this... Goes to the planet with him... And he's like... I want to find out who it was that I've eaten... And he goes to the funerals... And explains to people like... Listen I'm really sorry... I I ate your dad but... He was really tasty... So I'm sorry... (laughs) So the, the planet then gets wind of this and then starts to force people to kill themselves so they can sell the spaghetti to everyone else in the universe. Jesus. And it becomes a whole thing. Um, it's the, the final like few minutes of that episode had me in tears. Um, I think they've recovered really well with the, the losing of Justin Roiland, which I think we're now starting to see may not have been a... A big loss because the show is still just as good as it was um so yeah i re- i'm really liking this season of rick and morty um and yeah joe watch that episode i think it's the fourth episode it's so good my other recommendation is a movie uh it's an argentinian film called when evil lurks and it's come out this year um it's now available on shudder and i've heard I heard some good things about it and I was like, okay, it's going to be one of these horror films that, you know, people, people big open up and out watching. I'm like, it's all right. Um, this movie's fucking bananas. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's like this set in this little town where they, they have like a myth that, um, if there's a, a rotten person, a person could become rotten and that's when they become possessed. So they they are a rotten. And this, this, um, these two brothers find a rotten in the town and, and they realize they need to get it out before it starts possessing other people and infecting the town. Um then they lose it along the way. And they're like, well, it's far enough away, it shouldn't bother us. And then these possessed people start popping up and it so this possession it can go through animals and it comes through in touch and stuff like that. And so you can get infected without even realizing it and then it starts it's like a little devil, it starts whispering in your ears. Um it's really, really cool. It's a cool movie. It's another one with like a, a really simple premise and that just like takes it as far as you can imagine. There's some fucking grisly imagery in here. Um a few moments that I was shocked at. And I I genuinely shouted. I was like, Ah what? Ah! Amazing. Absolutely incredible. When a movie gets me to do that and I get fully invested like that, I'm like, okay, this might be a bit of a banger. Okay. Um, it had some great visual effects about all the gore and stuff like that looks brilliant and it's actually scary Um, a big big recommend if you get a chance to watch when evil lurks, yes it's Argentinian fucking get over it (laughs) it's a great movie and it's probably going to end up on my list for favourites of the year so go and check that out you will not regret it
0: my recommendation it, it It's it's the obvious one I All I've been watching is Doctor Who Because I'm trying to binge <laughs> it all before the new one comes out At time of recording This Saturday, the 25th of November So
1: How, how many more episodes have you got left?
0: I've got Let me work this out Seven I've got seven, seven. episodes left I've got Damn. seven episodes left And one of them you is Legend of the Sea Devils
2: You love that
0: no, that's you that loves that one, are no, not me. No, it's your favourite
2: episode. No, it's
0: your favourite episode.
2: No, it's
0: not. No, it is.
2: No, it's
0: Yours. not.
2: Yours. Yeah, no. it is. No. Yeah.
0: Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yes! Right. But yeah, that's my recommendation. Is Doctor Who. Like Sea
2: Devil's episode?
0: No! <laughs> You should definitely watch Doctor Who. Start with Eccleston. Don't skip the Ninth Doctor. Start with the 2005 series, series one. It's it's kept me company for 13 years, and it's amazing. So you should watch it. Those were our recommendations. Uh, where can we find you, Xander?
1: Uh, you can find me on Letterbox. Um, my my tag is the real Xander LW. Uh, go check out my reviews. I. Um, I, I have a lot of fun with them. Um, you know, I, I, I try and get those done. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. It's at the real Xander LW as well. Um, I,
0: I post sometimes. It's great fun. Awesome. And C one.
2: Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at C one O one. Where I, I don't really post, but um, I post way too often on Letterbox at C one O's. And yeah, I don't. I don't do things
0: as eloquent as Xander, but I try my best. You have your own method to do it. You know. <laughs> I have my own method. <laughs> um, and then you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Cook11Joseph, YouTube Rebel Whovian. Instagram Instagram, cook underscore digital artwork. If you'd like to commission something, just email me or message me. Letterboxd, I think I'm called Joseph Cook, but if you can't find me, go on Xander or C1s. Um, Letterboxd, you can... Find the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, make sure to check out our back catalogue. And make sure to follow and leave us a rating. We we do appreciate that. And uh, I think you can leave a little comment or question on the episode. So make sure you do that and we'll uh, read that and maybe answer it in the next episode. And also, big thank you to Shay for doing the theme tune. Um, incredible, incredible track. Big, big thank you to him. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's been a great... Uh, pleasure to host this one, uh, and it's been amazing to be joined by such amazing people. Thank you, Xander and thank you, Siwan. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye for now.
2: Geronimo. <laughs>